Hi, thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Howard Unger, and The Pharmacist is in. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the first episode of The Pharmacist is in podcast. We're going to start today in this podcast discussing one of the most common chronic healthcare issues in this country, that is high blood pressure or hypertension. And we're going to be discussing probably the first medication generally prescribed to treat this particular condition, those of diuretics, or what we call water pills. To really get an understanding of how water pills work, we really kind of have to get a close-up view of what high blood pressure is. High blood pressure really is a result of our narrowing of blood vessels, making the heart have to work harder, forcing the heart to pump harder, and therefore generating a lot higher pressure to put fluid in blood through the heart, through the blood vessels, to circulate through the body. With that in mind, most water pills work very much the same way. They reduce the amount of fluid that the heart has to pump through the body, uh, has to pump out to the blood vessels, and therefore reduce the amount of pressure needed to do just that. There are three classes of water pills that we have and we use to treat high blood pressure. And the first one is called the thiazide diuretics. Now, don't worry about remembering the name. You'll probably hear hydrochlorothiazide if you have uh, been prescribed that, or you'll see it with four specific letters, HCTZ. The thiazide diuretics work in the kidney, and what they do is they promote the formation of urine by stimulating the kidney to release a specific substance. And that substance is called sodium. A substance really is a mineral or what we call an electrolyte. Again, not that important for you to remember. But remember this, sodium is like a water magnet. Wherever sodium goes, usually water will follow. So the thiazide diuretics stimulate the kidney to release sodium into the urine, and what occurs is water follows it. Therefore, we get an increase in the amount of fluid, urine formation, and volume that you would urinate out. So let's recap what thiazide diuretics do. The thiazide diuretic, hydrochlorothiazide being probably the more familiar one, uh, abbreviated by four letters HCTZ, what they do is they grab a hold of sodium, they stimulate sodium to be released by the kidney into the urine. The sodium, being the water magnet, basically brings water and fluid with it into the urine so we get a greater volume of urine and therefore reduce the amount of fluid in the body, thereby reducing the workload on the heart, having to have to contract and have a reduction in pressure so that the fluid can go from the heart into the blood vessels. However, there is also another substance that thiazide diuretics also cause a loss of, and that is potassium. Potassium being a substance, a mineral, uh, what we also call, again, like sodium, an electrolyte, is very important to the function of the body. Now, that's why it's important to always have blood tests, and your healthcare provider would probably give you a blood test, very simple one, that shows whether your blood potassium levels are within normal range. Now, some people can take thiazide diuretics without having a change in their potassium levels. Others, there may be a slight change in their potassium levels, which may you want to think about eating potassium-rich foods. 
uh, green leafy vegetables, orange juices, bananas, fruits that have high amounts of potassium. You'll see in my uh, story notes or my show notes uh, a list of um, or a link to a list of high and rich potassium foods. There are those people who will also lose potassium, but a, nor- a larger amount of it, and therefore their blood levels of potassium do go below normal. Not to worry, we have potassium supplements that your healthcare provider will prescribe, and they come either in tablet or in packet powder form where you will simply reconstitute or take the packet and the powder, put it in the specified amount of water, mix it up, and it will dissolve, and you drink that. The next class of water pills are also called loop diuretics. These are pretty potent. Uh, You may know it by the name furosemide. There are a few others. Again, the lists will be in my show notes, and the entire episode will be transcribed so that you don't have to worry if you don't have a piece of paper you're not writing this down. It will be there for you. And the loop diuretics work basically the same way as the thiazide diuretics in that sodium is lost, potassium also is lost. So again, with loop diuretics, you need to have your, or your healthcare provider will take a blood test to find out whether or not you have uh, normal potassium levels and will prescribe, if need be, potassium supplements. Why they're called loop diuretics is that they work in a specific point in the kidney where there is a specific area of the kidney where they work, and they name it loop because there's a loop in that area. The third class of diuretics is called potassium-sparing diuretics, which obviously the name gives it away. These particular diuretics, you do not lose as much potassium as the thiazide and loop diuretics, where you need to have blood tests taken to find out your potassium blood levels to making sure that they're within normal limits, and if not, supplements need to be taken. They work in the kidney. They do draw out sodium. Sodium is the water magnet, increasing the volume of urine and therefore reducing the amount of fluid the heart has to pump. Now, how are these usually prescribed? Well, they can be prescribed once a day or twice a day, depending upon how your healthcare provider and your particular condition. The best time to take these medications, and I'm talking all three classes now, are usually in the morning, early morning hours when you get up, have breakfast. For those of you who may need a potassium dietary supplement, orange juice, bananas, things to that nature would be something you would take. Uh, If you have to take it twice, you may want to take it again in the morning and then mid-afternoon. What you don't want to do is take these medications late at night, not unless you want to be getting up and interrupt your sleep, going to the bathroom. So the best way to do it or the best time to take it is if it's once a day, early morning, if it's twice a day, Early morning and mid-afternoon, you want to avoid taking it late or late afternoon or early evening and um, have your sleep interrupted. Overall, in all three classes of water pills, they're relatively safe medications. There are a few common side effects that you want to be aware of and that if you experience, you want to contact your health care provider just to let them know. Uh, some of the common side effects are headache and dizziness, um, cramping, uh, dehydration. Now, 
a lot of this may be due to the amount of fluid that you're losing that your body isn't accustomed to. So you should, especially with dehydration, you should make sure that you drink a normal amount of fluids per day. Now, now it does sound a little strange. Here we're losing fluid, wanting to, so that we can reduce our blood pressure and the workload of the heart. But you also have to maintain a normal amount of body fluids as well. So make sure that you're you're drinking enough fluids, uh, daily fluids. You know, there's a old adage from athletes, if you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. That's why athletes constantly drink, even though they don't feel thirsty, small amounts of fluids throughout the day. Might be something you want to consider. I want to bring up this point with the two categories of water pills, thiazide and loop diuretics. Uh, if you know that you're allergic to sulfur medications, Please let your provider know, your healthcare provider know, as well as your pharmacist. It's important because you may not be able to take these two medications or these two classes of medications. So let's do a little bit of a recap. We have three classes of water pills, thiazide, loop, and potassium sparing. Basically, they all work at the same area in the kidney. Basically, they work the same way. They allow sodium to be excreted. Sodium being the water magnet, it basically brings water with it. The less the volume in the body, the less the workload of the heart, the less the, work, the uh, heart has to con contract, and the less pressure needed for the heart to push fluid through into the narrowed blood vessels. The overall side effects, headaches, dizziness, cramping, and dehydration. Obviously, it's important to make sure that you drink enough water to maintain the normal amount of fluid in your body, because you're losing fluid through the diuretics. It's important that you also know that any kind of allergies you have to medication, any allergies to medication, you need to make sure that both your healthcare provider and your pharmacist know what they are. Best time to take these medications are early morning, and if you have to take it twice a day, uh, that would be mid-afternoon. What you do want to avoid is taking them later in the evening because you don't want to have to wake up or have interrupted sleep going to the bathroom and urinating. So I hope that answers some of your questions about water pills. And I hope to have you come back next week at the same time where we'll be discussing another type of medication used for high blood pressure, which will be what we call ACE inhibitors and ARBS ARBs. We'll talk about that then. Take care and be well. Till next time, this is Howard Unger. The Pharmacist is in. This has been the Pharmacist is in podcast hosted by Howard Unger. If you like what you heard, please click on the subscribe button. And if you feel so, leave comments in the star rating below. It really helps the podcast in gaining greater exposure to larger audiences. And why not? This is important information. I would like to mention I have no affiliation with any pharmaceutical company or medical institution, nor do I represent any product, product line, or corporate pharmacy entities. Please remember that this podcast is not a substitute for your healthcare provider. If you should have any questions concerning diagnosis or treatment, contact your trusted healthcare provider. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for The Pharmacist is in Podcast. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay medication smart.